WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 5 o'clock. Good morning. It is Thursday, October 26th. Our forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center will see a mix of sun and clouds today, high 77. Tonight and overnight. Mostly cloudy, low 62. And then Friday, more sun than clouds. The high going to be 79. If you are walking out the door with us right now, 52 clear in Islip out on Long Island. 45 and clear in Cranford down in New Jersey. And it is 57 and clear here in Midtown. So much to get to as we work our way up. 6 o'clock hour. Sid and friends in the morning. Just terrible news overnight out of Maine, Lewiston, Maine, this mass shooting. We've been getting more details as the morning wear on the mass shooting, horrifying rampage, uh, murdering at least 22 at a bar and a bowling alley. There may have been a third location as well. They still have not found this gunman. Uh, we have some of the police radio as uh, the story got out as uh, police were called to the scene to see what had taken place. Multiple victims for an active shooter in the town of Lewiston. All available units to Lewiston. Now, so that was it initially. It got more frantic as it became clear what was going on. More than 50 wounded, two separate shootings. Uh, Lewiston is Maine's second largest city. It was put under a shelter-in-place order following the bloodshed because they haven't been able to find this gunman just yet. It's a 40-year-old Robert Card. We know a little bit about him. Uh, the calls for help, fast and furious, more from police. Yeah, so it took a while, a number of hours, till they were able to pinpoint who this gunman was. Robert Card, a trained firearms instructor with past mental health issues. He's the person of interest. So far, they've been unable to find him. We have uh, literally hundreds of police officers working around the state of Maine uh, to investigate this case, to locate Mr. Card. So it's not clear if all of those who were killed and injured, if their families have been notified. Uh, We were hearing from family members last night who were desperate for news about their loved ones because they were either at this bar where he shot it up or at this bowling alley where the gunfire took place. My ex-husband and my son were playing pool and... Next thing I know, I saw on Facebook that there was a shooting at Schmengies where they were playing. And then nobody would tell us anything. There is clear video of this 40-year-old. Uh, he appears to be holding an assault rifle as he walks out of one of the places that he shot up. The bar, this recreational uh, center, essentially a bowling alley, a little more. And uh, we don't have clear details if the third location is real or not. But either way, a lot of people are dead. Card is considered armed and dangerous. He's a person of interest. Someone told me that there was a children's bowling event going on at the bowling alley, which is extremely tragic if that's the case. So this alert still out for Robert Card. Uh, police say if you see him, you absolutely should not go anywhere near him. Let police know that you know where he is. Card is considered armed and dangerous. He's a person of interest, however, and that's what we'll uh, label him at uh, moving forward until that changes. 
If people see him, they should not approach Card or make contact with him in any way. So law enforcement sources telling WABC that he has a history of military service and is a firearms instructor with a recent stay at a mental health facility. Card believed to be an Army reservist stationed out of Maine, recently reported hearing voices and threatened to shoot up the base. This according to some law enforcement sources. Again, this is what we know so far out of this god-awful story out of Maine. 22 dead, 50 uh, injured in this gunfire. We hope that part of the story of kids being at a birthday party at the bowling alley is not true. We haven't been able to confirm that. Of course, as more details come in on this mass shooting, we will pass them on to you. Uh, the other big story of the morning is Ford and the United Auto Workers apparently have reached a tentative agreement that would end the strike at Ford. Two people with knowledge of the negotiations saying an official announcement could come a little bit later this morning. Spokespersons for both Ford and the UAW declining to comment on the tentative deal. This was as of a couple hours ago. The impact from this long UAW strike against the Detroit three automakers has been tough for uh, people in West Michigan, the economy uh, has suffered there big time as these workers walked off the job. It just affects every business in town. When it comes to especially West Michigan, you know, folks may not realize it's your neighbors. It's, you know, it, you'd be hard pressed not hard pressed to find somebody who isn't touched by automotive. Mom and pop cafes, a diners, restaurants, retail businesses hit hard if people, of course, don't have the money to spend, which they don't. If you're on the picket line, then these businesses are the ones that suffer as well. We build a lot of brackets. We build a lot of exhaust clamps. We build a lot of dimming mirrors. Go down the list, door handles, grills for the vehicles. Again, and there's that knock-on effect. It's not just those supplier plants either. Yeah, so the supplier plants, of course, affected, but those mom-pop cafes, diners, restaurants, retail businesses, no doubt some of them will be breathing a sigh of relief that some of these workers look like they will go back on the job. Now, the deal, the UAW includes a proposal for wage increases of at least 25% over the term of the deal. This is what we're getting from them. And improved benefits for union members. This, according to sources who uh, did not want to go on the record but said this was part of the deal. The deal would also still need to be ratified by a majority of Ford's 50,000, uh, 57,000 union members. Uh, the, the union says they think that will happen. Not clear how quickly this vote will take uh, place or how quickly these workers will get back on the job. But good news for those workers and, of course, for Ford, if it's true that a deal is in place, at least with Ford. WABC News Time 508, the new Republican speaker of the House is Louisiana's Mike Johnson at took the Republicans a long time to figure this out, but they sorted it out finally, taking a vote yesterday. Mike Johnson uh, took the gavel yesterday and says he'll hit the ground running. The challenge before us is great, but the time for action is now, and I will not let you down. So Johnson... Got enough votes to win the speakership following that failed attempt from three of his fellow Republicans. He acknowledged the process was a grueling battle, says he's humbled, will immediately address some pressing issues. We stand at a very dangerous time. I'm stating the obvious. We all know that. The world is in turmoil. But a strong America is good for the entire world. And he thanked his uh, predecessor, Kevin McCarthy. I want to uh, express my great thanks. For our Speaker Emeritus, Kevin McCarthy. 
Yeah, so it took a while. Okay, so everybody's responding to this all. Yeah, the president asked whether he was concerned Johnson would attempt to overturn the 2024 election results if Biden was reelected. Just like I was not worried that the last guy would be able to overturn the election. They have about 60 lawsuits and all the way to the Supreme Court, and every time they lost. I understand the Constitution. Johnson reportedly played a role in the Republican effort to overturn Trump's 2020 loss. Democrats, of course, no surprise, slamming Mike Johnson. Has this been about a focus of House Republicans to find the person who can pass their extreme litmus test? This has been about who can appease Donald Trump. Well, definitely has been a battle of who supports Donald Trump and who doesn't. That was part of the effort to get some of these guys out, others in. He spearheaded the legal effort, joined by more than 100 of our colleagues on the other side of the aisle in support of a dangerous and baseless lawsuit. All right, so Mike Johnson, the new House Speaker, and uh, one of the things they got started right away is they're going after a local lawmaker in trouble for setting off a fire alarm at the U.S. Capitol. New York Democratic Congressman Jamal Bowman has been charged with allegedly setting off a fire alarm during a key vote in the Capitol last month. Republicans were trying to start the voting on a spending measure to keep the government open. When the alarm suddenly went off, Bowman is to appear in a D.C. courtroom today. He could face a maximum penalty of six months in jail of conviction. I'm Bob Brown for 77 WABC News. WABC News Time 511. Let's go overseas. A new report says Israel has agreed to delay its expected Gaza offensive to allow a U.S. missile defense system to become operational. The Wall Street Journal reporting the U.S. wants to position missile defenses to protect American troops against Iran-backed attacks. Two dozen American military personnel injured last week in a series of drone attacks at U.S. bases both in Iraq and Syria. The attacks come amid rising tensions of course, in the region over the conflict in Israel. President Biden yesterday warning Iran against carrying out attacks on bases in the Middle East. We have had troops in the region since 9-11 to go after ISIS and prevent its reemergence re- re- in, in the region. The president warning Iran's supreme leader yesterday that he would respond if soldiers continue to face attacks by Iran or its proxies. If they continue to move against those troops, we will respond, and he should be prepared. It has nothing to do with Israel. And the executive director of the World Food Program pleading for fuel to be allowed into the Gaza Strip amid this ongoing war between Israel and the Palestinian militant group Hamas. The late Republican Senator John McCain's widow, Cindy McCain, says the situation is dire. We've been operating there for quite a while and we can't operate the bakeries now because there's no fuel. Uh, and, and with that, as you know, they can't desalinate, desalinate water. There's, there's all kinds of problems that have erupted as a result of this. Israel blocked off supplies to Gaza after it was attacked by Hamas on October 7th, resulting in 1,400 deaths. I know it's complicated and I'm not the politician, nor am I the negotiator here. I'm just pleading for people who cannot feed themselves, and we need to get in there. Some of that humanitarian was aid was let in over the weekend. It's not clear if more aid will be let in in the coming days. And then some of this, of course, continues to play out right here on the streets of the tri-state area. There were dueling rallies in Englewood, New Jersey, over the unanimous city council resolution there supporting Israel. Scores of pro-Palestinian supporters showed up outside the Englewood City Council meeting where they were greeted by police and riot gear. Uh, there was uh, pro-Israel supporters there as well. We are for living in peace. We are all about love. In order to achieve peace, the Palestinians must have their rights.
All right, and then the latest from Israel overnight, uh, more bombing by Israeli military, uh, air force in Gaza. Uh, the death toll there, according to Palestinian authorities, over 4,000. And then in Israel, the rocket fire continues to go into central parts of the country. Air raid sirens could be heard early this morning as people took refuge in bomb shelters. No word of any damage, at least today. Uh, in terms of that ground war, it's not clear when it will begin, but uh, Bibi Netanyahu telling uh, reporters in Israel yesterday that it will take place. Just a matter of when and where. He's not going to give those details out. Most importantly. What's that? Why am I getting messages this morning mm-hmm. from some of our most loyal listeners at WABC that Frank Morano is an anti-Semite? No, come on. Frank Morano's not an anti-Semite. Oh. You're not sure? <laughs> you know, he did make an argument, the right. dumbest argument I've ever heard. What is that? Um... A couple of days ago, I actually called him an a-hole on the air that he thinks America is a great place because people who are pro-Palestinian have the right to rally. Those people should be in jail. So does that make him an anti-Semite? Yes. Anybody right now sympathizing or saying anything nice, anything nice about the Palestinian people, even the innocents, to me that's a clear, clear anti-Semitic shot. Hmm. So you're going to double down on the fact that Frank Morano is an anti-Semite? There's no question about it. He's still <laughs> I disagree, by the way. This morning, but... I've known Frank for years. He's no anti-Semite. Okay. <laughs> Have a nice morning, Frank. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, I think that's harsh to label someone an anti-Semite unless huh? they really but are one. Y- yeah. this, this is not... These last couple of weeks is not the time to talk about Palestinians. You're either in or you're out. There's no middle ground. There's no gray ground. You're either pro-Israel or you're pro-murder. And uh, once you start to skate the line, well, what about then you're pro-murder? So I'm just saying. Okay. Well, Frank's got a four-hour show. He can defend himself tomorrow But he's already done it. Clearly, people are very upset. (laughs) He can defend himself tomorrow night. Or tonight, whenever that is. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) 516, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk where we find Ken Connolly. Good morning, Gnome. The NBA season tipped off last night for the local teams. The Knicks fell to the Celtics 108-104 to in the home opener at the Garden. R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel quickly combined for 48 points. Meanwhile, the Nets fell to the Cavs 114-113 to at the Barclays Center in a nail-biter. Cam Thomas scored 36 points off the bench, tied for the most by a player off the bench in a season-opening game in NBA history. On the ice, only one team was in action. The Devils fell to the Capitals 6-4 to last night. Tyler Toffoli scored twice. The Islanders will host the Senators tonight at UBS. That's a 7.30 puck drop. And the Rangers will face off against the Oilers in Edmonton. That's a 9 p.m. puck drop. Houston Astros manager Dusty Baker is calling it quits. He announced his retirement yesterday after 26 seasons as a manager. Baker is a three-time Manager of the Year award winner and compiled 2,183 wins, good for seventh most all-time. Thursday Night Football, the Bills will host the Buccaneers tonight. That's an 8:15 kickoff. Here with your sports update, I'm Ken Connolly on Talk Radio 77 WABC. WABC News Time 519. Russian forces attacking western Ukraine for a fourth day in a row. In Kiev, Magumi Lim says falling drone debris damaged buildings and at least 16 people have been wounded. Ukraine's Air Force said 11 Shahed-type drones were shot down overnight. 
Interior Minister Ihor Klemenko said that drone debris landed in the city of Slavuta. The region has been a regular target for Russian forces, which analysts say could be linked to a military airfield in the region. Megumi Lim, Kiev. And Ukrainian pilots starting F-16 training in the U.S. this week. An Air Force spokesperson says a small number of pilots are training with the 162nd Wing of the Arizona Air National Guard, which specializes in training international allies on the fighter jet. The pilots also finished a language training in San Antonio, Texas. The U.S. plans to train about 200 Ukrainian personnel on the jet after language training. I'm Brian Shook. Let's go down to Washington. President Biden says the U.S. expanding its alliance with Australia now. We're taking our alliance even further. We're doubling down on cooperation on technology and science. Bilateral meeting Oval Office yesterday with the Australian Prime Minister. Biden says the two countries working to ensure the Indo-Pacific region remains free, open and secure. Address threats to the stability in the region and the economic stability as well. Two leaders yesterday discussing conflicts in Israel, Ukraine, and climate change, among other issues. Down to Texas at 521. Texas looking to increase the penalty for human smuggling and operating a stash house as a way to deal with this surge of illegal migration or immigration across the border. It targets the perpetrators of the crime, the smugglers or the coyotes as we call them not those that are being smuggled. So the increased penalties would make the proposition less attractive, so they say. It's a significant step forward in fortifying our state's defenses against this type of criminal activity. It provides law enforcement with the necessary tools to target and to prosecute these criminals while also considering nuances such as family ties. That goes on as a group of Senate Republicans urging the president to expand construction of the border wall. It has the support of sheriffs across Texas. It's not a red issue or a blue issue. It's a red, white, and blue. We took an oath and we need to protect our people. We need to take our border back. Sheriff Ray Del Bosco of Zapata County says the wall would cut down on those so-called getaways. He says uh, they're trampling through Texas ranches, putting residents on edge, and he says he's had enough of it. A lot of our ranching community don't even want to go to the ranch anymore because of constant flow of immigrants going through their property. Sheriff wants to know where the White House is. Well, he says something has to be done to stop the historic number of border crossers. The crisis that's happening is a roller coaster ride, day in and day out, for my deputies. Down to the White House in Washington, D.C. House Republicans taking aim at the IRS for using billions in newly allocated funding to go after average Americans. Texas Congressman Pete Sessions says the super rich are still finding ways to beat the system. The number of people making $5 million not paying taxes. So there were calls in a House oversight hearing to prioritize the processing of returns over the expansion of audits. Republicans also want accountability for agents who target conservative groups, even though the IRS says that's been debunked. Why is it that you cannot look at those people who are these high-value people and make some determination earlier. Pete Sessions saying we need to be on guard against the agency targeting tax-exempt groups as well. We need to make sure that they treat all people fairly, not just some that they would choose to. 523, car payments are now at their highest rate in decades. More than 6% of subprime borrowers with lower credit scores and higher interest rates were more than 60 days past due on their auto loans in September. That's according to Fitch Ratings. 
It's the highest delinquency rate in Fitch's data over nearly 30 years. I'm Lisa Taylor. California man going to spend a year in federal prison for cyber-stalking the father of a Parkland school shooting victim. A judge sentenced James Catalano of Fresno after he sent hundreds of disparaging messages to Fred Gutenberg, an anti-gun violence activist whose daughter Jamie was killed in the 2018 Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School mass shooting. According to prosecutors, the messages graphically described Gutenberg's daughter's death and focused on the debate surrounding gun control. Gutenberg says because of this case, there is additional pressure to prosecute online harassment. I'm Rick Hoshul. Let's go back down to Texas again. A Texas judge who does not want to marry same-sex couples is taking her fight to the state Supreme Court. Civil rights groups say that the Justice of Peace, Diane Hensley, does not have a legal leg to stand on. There is a lot at stake if we're talking about marriage equality, but the fact of the matter is marriage equality is the law of the land. That's Jonathan Gooch, who's with Equality Texas. Uh, the uh, judge in this case, the Justice of the Peace doesn't see it this way. Judge Henley has already lost at every level of the judicial system. Oral arguments yesterday, the last shot to revive her case under the current rules. It would be unheard of for the Texas Supreme Court to allow judges to only enforce laws that they agreed with. So right now, Texas judges must marry all couples or none at all. Several people in Austria hospitalized after reports that fake weight loss medications are circulating in Europe. In Berlin, Trent Murray says the cases are thought to stem from people who thought that they were taking Ozempic. Ozempic is this blood pressure medication for diabetes. Um, and uh, it, you can lose weight if you take it. I, I know people who do take it and they've lost a lot of weight. So everybody wants to get their hands on this or something like it. Austrian authorities say that the patients were admitted to hospital suffering seizures and hypoglycemia or low glucose levels. The news comes just weeks after the European Medicines Agency warned fake versions of the drug are circulating across several countries. There's been a surge in demand for the Danish-made medication, with celebrities like Elon Musk attributing recent weight loss to the drug. Authorities have warned the fake injection pens are likely still on the market. Trent Murray, Berlin. So if you take Ozempic, by the way, you can really eat whatever you want and you still lose weight. So, But the minute you stop taking the shots, well, the weight would probably all come back. Negotiations between striking Hollywood actors, big studios being pushed back till uh, today. Both sides were expected to meet yesterday in Los Angeles, but the union told management it needed more time to respond to the latest offer put on the table. McDonald's is getting rid of its McFlurry spoon. The fast food chain says it's looking into more sustainable alternatives. The shakes will have a smaller spoon using less plastic. And the opening bell, it rings this morning on Wall Street after another lower close yesterday at the closing bell. Dow lost 105 points yesterday. S&P 500 fell by 60. NASDAQ dropped 318 points. Radio 77 WABC. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me. Good morning. It is Thursday, October 26th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. We'll see a mix of sun and clouds today. Just another beautiful day. I'm loving this week. High 77. Tonight and over. 
overnight, mostly cloudy, low 62, and then even warmer tomorrow. More sun than clouds, high 79. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 52 and clear out in Islip on Long Island. 45 and clear in Cranford down in New Jersey, and it is 57 and mostly clear here in Midtown. We'll start this half hour right here in the city. Was sorry to see that uh, Arnie Diaz, Arnold Diaz, has passed away. Of course, just a fixture of New York journalism for decades. You remember he did these uh, pieces called Shame on You. Uh, He was great. I mean, he was one of those few reporters who was unafraid to approach anybody. If they had done something wrong, he would chase them down. Do you remember that? Into stores, across highways. He was, I mean, this guy was a courageous dude. His in-depth reporting, uh, holding the powerful, accountable, uh, 50 years he was in the business, uh, tirelessly working to uh, demand answers from people who had done others wrong. No issue. What was cool about him was no issue, small or big, was too small for him. In other words, he would take it on the smallest guy's problem, and he would take on the biggest guy's problem. We discovered that theirs are only two among dozens of names of investors who put money in but got no fax machine. Why don't you answer some questions about this? I wanted to talk to you about one of your customers that has a court order for $900 and hasn't been paid. Yeah, if a microphone was shoved in your face, you knew you had done something wrong. Diaz uh, was a New Yorker. He was born here in Brooklyn, earned his master's degree in journalism from Northwestern in Chicago. Uh, he was at CBS 2 initially. He really jumped around the channels uh, when he started. Uh, he was at ABC News for a while, Fox 5, and his last spot was WPIX uh, until really recently. And um, he was still doing these Shame on You segments. I think they were, had a different name. Maybe CBS had the copyright on it. He won a ton of Emmys over the years. And he retired, actually, it was just last year. And uh, PIX, which was the last place he was on, gave him a chance to say goodbye. And here was his final moment on the air, WPIX, in 2022. I've been lucky to have had a dream job, standing up for the little guy, sticking it to the bad guys. But most satisfying are the viewers who thanked me for paying attention to their problems. Thank you for watching. Yeah, 74 years old, lost his battle with cancer on Tuesday. Of course, our thoughts go to his wife, Sean, and their three kids, and he has a couple grandkids as well. Drivers getting ready to dish out more money again. Tolls going up by 3% on the Garden State Parkway, New Jersey Turnpike. That starts January 1. This will be the fourth toll increase since 2020. Uh, The New Jersey Turnpike Authority's 2024 annual budget was approved on Tuesday. $2.6 billion in budgeted total revenue. The reason for the toll increase? Inflation. That's what they say. The news uh, not making drivers very happy. These folks talking to News 12. It's getting more expensive just getting, just commuting anywhere. It adds up over time. You know, it's like even they just raised it last year, too. Yeah, it's just another way of nickel and diming everybody in New Jersey. It's just not what we need right now in this time and the economy and, you know, the way everything's going. And, you know, more importantly, what are they doing with the money that they're getting? Yeah, that's always the question. What are they doing with the money that they're getting? Uh, There are a fair amount of political leaders who are upset by this move by the Turnpike Authority to raise these tolls. Here's the state Senate president, Nicholas Scutari. So I understand if we need to continue to have some tolls to maintain those roads, but we're utilizing all those monies 
for lots and lots of other things, then then uh, then the legislators need to have some input on that. And we weren't told at all that this was coming. And I, it's our firm belief that the governor should hold them to task on this. Make them come in and explain why this is a good thing right now. Yeah, well, they didn't really do that. There's also plans to create new services for an Easy Pass customer service center. That's where some of the money will go to. I'm not sure what that means. 44 new jobs will be added, mainly in maintenance and engineering for the Turnpike and the Parkway. 536. Some tense moments at the campus of Cooper Union here in Manhattan yesterday. Students who are pro-Israel say they felt unsafe as pro-Palestinian demonstrators banged and chanted outside the library where they were studying. So video shows this group of Jewish students standing inside the Cooper Union Library as other students chant free Palestine and bang on the windows. They say the doors were locked and they were worried that if the doors had been unlocked, what might have happened to them? It was tense. People were nervous. They were specifically acting very aggressive in those spaces where outwardly Jewish students were sitting. The librarians ran over to us and they were like, we tried to warn you, but we just got notice that they're coming down. I genuinely don't know what would have happened if the doors were left open. So a representative for Cooper Union reaching out saying the library was closed for about 20 minutes in the late afternoon and that students were told that they might want to stay in the library until this protest was over. Security escorted us from the library to this building or outside to where people left to go home. Yeah, so uh, nobody was hurt, so that's the good part of the story. I'm actually very upset. We've been speaking with the school for two and a half weeks. We've been telling them that, you know, this is an escalating situation. Yes, the Jewish students on campus there say they feel unsafe. Same goes for Columbia University, where students were out on campus yesterday saying they're now hiding the fact that they're Jewish. Everybody else wears a kippah, um, is mocked in, on campus. And, for example, I've stopped wearing the, Jew, the David Star because I'm afraid. Then uh, there was about a close to a thousand people who protested, pro-Palestinian protesters at NYU yesterday. At NYU, stand for Palestinian students, for Palestinian supporters. We demand that NYU divest from the arms manufacturers that Israel are using to com- to do this genocide, this siege on Gaza. Of course, no one likes violence on both sides, but it's obvious that there is a clear genocide going on against Palestinians. So that is why we march today. Any thoughts on Hamas as a terrorist organization or... No thoughts. Yeah, okay. Some students uh, calling for dialogue. A lot of people are not willing to listen. They're more willing to have their side and think, like, they're right without even being opening, like, without even being open to a regular conversation. All right. WABC News Time 540. When we came to air yesterday, we were telling the story about someone who was caught in a vault overnight on Fifth Avenue here in Midtown in the Diamond District. Now we have most of the details of what took place and what's kind of a crazy story. So this 23-year-old man is going into his bank to look at a safety deposit box, and it seems maybe the workers forgot he was there, closed the vault on him. And so as of 8.45 last uh, two nights ago on today's Thursday, so on Tuesday night at 8.45, he gets stuck in the vault and uh, realizes he's stuck there, and he calls out to police, and they try to figure out a way to get him out. Here's one of the firefighters who showed up at the scene. Apparently, there was a customer in the uh, vault at the time that it closes. Once it's closed, it's on a timing mechanism. That vault does not reopen until, until a certain amount of time passes. So firefighters tried to cut through to open the vault, but uh, stopped because the tools used at that point 
they thought might risk this 23 year old's safety inside. He was fine. They were asking him if he could breathe okay. He wasn't, there was, you know, plenty of oxygen. Uh, he just wanted to get the hell out of there. And then just, uh, as they were trying to figure out other ways to free him, this was 6.15 yesterday morning. So he spent an entire night in that vault. The lock automatically opened apparently as it does most days. That we would hold off and see if the, uh, the doors would open automatically. Uh, the problem with the uh, plating is we'd have to use our torches on there. Yeah, so they didn't do have to do a whole lot, and that guy got out. But it was just apparently just an accident. The Knicks Nets opening up their NBA seasons at home last night. It did not go well. They both lost. After the departure of Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, the list goes on. Nets guard Ben Simmons says he just wants to win again. For me, I want to win. That's all I really want to do. Um, that's, that's the number one priority is winning. Yeah, so he's not a man of many words. He lost last night. Both teams playing. Uh, Nets hosted the Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland beat the Nets. Knicks hosted the Celtics. The Celtics beat them. Mayor Adams says once again, New York City is out of space as he asks for New Yorkers' ideas now. He wants, he wants us to come up with the ideas of how to solve the migrant problem. Send them back to whoever sent them to him. Send them back. Send them back. Oh, Trump was here. Trump would send them back. Take them back and deal with us. Because you brought them here and you dealt with them before you dealt with the people that was born and raised here. All right, so you, so you asked for some ideas. You got some there. More than 13,000 migrants have left the shelter system since the started, city started handing out 30 and 60 day notices over the summer. They say it's proof that limiting shelter stays and focusing on casework services, including sending new arrivals where they actually want to go, is working. Um, but here's some more ideas from New Yorkers because the mayor asked for them. Well, we have to solve the problem. What are you going to do? There's little kids running all over the street here. Let them work. There's enough jobs in New York City. I think we need to share the load with other states. They're just getting sent here. They need to be sent somewhere else. Yeah, the mayor, of course, saying it's going to cost more than $4 billion to take care of the more than 130,000 migrants that have arrived here from the U.S.-Mexico border over the last year. And uh, he says he needs help from the feds and is not getting enough from the White House. Uh, Here's a nice story out on Long Island. Farmingdale student Adriana Corsito was severely injured in that marching band bus crash that took place in upstate New York last month that uh, killed the band leader and an educator at her school. Well, she was injured pretty badly in that crash as well. Uh, On Wednesday, she thanked Dr. Sean Rogers, the pediatric neurosurgeon from Cohen's Children's Medical Center, who operated on her, placing screws and rods inside her to help stabilize her spine. She says that doctor no doubt saved her life. He's the reason why I'm here today. And why I'm walking. And I'm very thankful. Yeah, so she wanted to go back to the hospital to thank him in person. Dr. Rogers explained Adriana's injury. uh, had She had like a what's called a chance fracture, making her spine extremely unstable. So he used four titanium screws, two titanium rods, along with an artificial bone that are all inside her now to help her heal. If the bone is fractured so much and it dislocates, you can become paralyzed from the waist down. She's very lucky that that the bone stayed at least somewhat in place, and we were able to really correct her deformity. And a nice part of this moment yesterday as well is the flight nurse, the person in the helicopter and the flight paramedic who airlifted Adriana to the hospital, surprised her yesterday. It was an emotional reunion, as you might guess. She credits them with calming her down because she was afraid to go onto the helicopter, which she ultimately did after she said they had her relax. 
here she was describing what it was like that day and what it was like at the scene of that bus crash with all those marching band members hurt. They really calmed me down because at first I refused to go on the helicopter. I freaked out. At the scene, I helped my friend get her foot unstuck. There was kids panicking, so I told them to calm down, told them to stay still. She says it's still hard to get around. Her back still hurts, but she's just thankful to be alive and, again, thankful for those doctors who, she says, saved her life. We're like a big family, and we came a long way. I'm so proud of the school. I know no one's going to get over this, but if, as long as we stay together, I think we got this. Yeah, nice story. 546, let's head over to the 77W ABC Sports Desk where we find Ken Connolly. Good morning, Gnome. The NBA season tipped off last night for the local teams. The Knicks fell to the Celtics 108-1. to 104 in the home opener at the Garden. R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel quickly combined for 48 points. Meanwhile, the Nets fell to the Cavs 114 to 113 at the Barclays Center in a nail biter. Cam Thomas scored 36 points off the bench, tied for the most by a player off the bench in a season opening game in NBA history. On the ice, only one team was in action. The Devils fell to the Capitals 6 to 4 last night. Tyler Toffoli scored twice. The Islanders will host the Senators tonight at UBS. That's a 7:30 puck drop, and the Rangers will face off against the Oilers in Edmonton. That's a 9 p.m. puck drop. Houston Astros manager Dusty Baker is calling it quits. He announced his retirement yesterday after 26 seasons as a manager. Baker is a three-time Manager of the Year award winner and compiled 2,183 wins, good for seventh most all-time. Thursday Night Football, the Bills will host the Buccaneers tonight. That's an 8-15 kickoff. Here with your sports update, I'm Ken Connolly on Talk Radio 77 WABC. All right, let's catch you up on the big stories of the morning. The biggest one, of course, this mass shooting out of Lewiston, Maine. A gunman going on this horrifying rampage about 7 o'clock last night in this uh, town in Maine, murdering at least 22 uh, he went into a bar and a bowling alley for sure. There might have been a third place as well. There's a massive manhunt this morning for this 40-year-old gunman. Uh, we did get some of the police radio from the frantic moments of when they realized this gunman was out there. Multiple victims for an active shooter in the town of Lewiston. All available units to Lewiston. So initially, they weren't sure what was taking place, but these calls got more frantic, more than 50 wounded in these two separate places. Again, the calls coming fast and furious to police. So this gunfire taking place about 7 last night. It was about 11 o'clock or so that they were able to figure out who the gunman was. It's Robert Card, a 40-year-old trained firearms instructor with past mental health issues. That's the person of interest. That's who they're looking for. So far, they have not been able to find him. We have uh, literally hundreds of police officers working around the state of Maine uh, to investigate this case. To locate Mr. Card. And with so many dead, 22, 50 injured, you can imagine family members were desperate to get information on their loved ones, especially those who knew that their loved ones were either at that bar or at that bowling alley. My ex-husband and my son were playing pool, and next thing I know, I saw on Facebook that there was a shooting at Schmeggie's where they were playing. And then nobody would tell us anything. So we're watching this morning as police release images of this man who appears to be holding an assault rifle. 
again, opening fire first at the bar and then what they're calling this recreational center that includes a bowling alley. We've heard there was a kid's party going on in that bowling. We do not know if those kids are among the dead. The police have not detailed so far. Card is considered armed and dangerous. He is a person of interest. Someone told me that there was a children's bowling event going on at the bowling alley, which is extremely tragic if that's the case. So now police looking for this 40-year-old Robert Card, telling people initially to shelter in place because they just have no idea where he is. Card is considered armed and dangerous. He is a person of interest, however, and that's what we'll uh, label him at uh, moving forward until that changes. If people see him, they should not approach Card or make contact with him in any way. Law enforcement sources telling ABC that he has a history of military service as a firearms instructor with a recent stay at a mental health facility. Card believed to be an Army reservist who was stationed out of Saco, Maine, recently reported hearing voices and had threatened to shoot up the base. This is according to law enforcement sources. So again... Robert Card still not found, 22 dead, 50 injured in the shooting that took place in a bowling alley in a bar in the town of Lewiston, Maine, last night. The other big story of the morning, a happier one, Ford Motor and United Auto Workers have apparently reached a tentative agreement that would end that strike at Ford. That's according to two people with knowledge of the negotiations. An official announcement was expected to be made this morning. Spokespersons for both Ford and the UA W have declined to comment on this tentative deal. That's usually a good sign that there might be something in place. The impact you might imagine from this UAW strike against the Detroit three automakers on Michigan's economy has been chilling because if people aren't getting income, in the case of these United Auto Workers, they have no money to spend, and that affects all kinds of businesses. When it comes to especially West Michigan, you know, folks may not realize it's your neighbors. It's you know, you'd be hard pressed not. Hard pressed to find somebody who isn't touched by automotive. Yeah, so it wasn't just the suppliers to these automakers who, in some cases, had to shut down or lay workers off. But you have these mom and pop cafes and diners and restaurants and retail businesses that all rely on the money from these United Auto Workers. They're waiting for their cash to be spent there, and it hasn't been over the last couple of weeks. We build a lot of brackets. We build a lot of exhaust clamps. We build a lot of dimming mirrors. Go down the list, door handles, grills for the vehicles. Again, and there's that knock-on effect. It's not just those supplier plants either. All right, so here's what we're being told. The deal, UAW deal, includes a proposal for wage increases of at least 25% over the term of this contract and improved benefits for union members. This, according to the sources, they didn't lay out all of it. But the deal would still need to be ratified by a majority of Ford's 57,000 union members. They believe that will be done. Of course, as more details come in on that, we will pass them on to you. The other big story out of Washington yesterday was the new Republican Speaker of the House. He's Louisiana's Mike Johnson, finally uh, taking the gavel after weeks of no House Speaker. He says uh, he'll hit the ground running. The challenge before us is great, but the time for action is now, and I will not let you down. So Johnson was the first one to get enough votes to win the speakership following failed attempts from three of his fellow Republicans. He acknowledged the process was a grueling battle. We stand at a very dangerous time. I'm stating the obvious. We all know that. The world is in turmoil. But a strong America is good for the entire world. 
And Johnson finished off by uh, thanking his predecessor, Kevin McCarthy. I want to, I want to uh, express my great thanks for our Speaker Emeritus, Kevin McCarthy. All right. Mike Johnson, your new House Speaker. Let's bring it back home. Thousands of eligible households across New York State getting money to make energy-efficient home repairs this winter. Senator Kirsten Gillibrand says she has secured millions of dollars in federal funds through the Low Income Home Energy Assistance Program. It offers them the support that they need to keep their homes warm and to keep themselves safe. In New York, more than one million households receive LIHEAP heating assistance in 2022. So it comes, of course, as energy prices expected to rise just a little bit from last year, um, but higher than they were pre-pandemic. We must make sure that every New Yorker, every family and every child is safe in their home and that the government has what's necessary to help them meet their energy needs. Senator says you can go to her website if you want more details or want to apply for this program. And a former top aide to former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo says the time might be right for him to run again. Melissa DeRosa says there's a massive leadership vacuum in New York. And I think that there are a lot of people who were happy to see Andrew Cuomo go because they felt like he had amassed too much power for too long. And now all too often I hear people saying if only Andrew Cuomo were here, this wouldn't be happening. DeRosa cites uh, New York's crime rate, homelessness, the migrant crisis, the economy post-COVID COVID for reasons Cuomo might have a chance to re-enter politics. Of course, uh, she's making the statement as a book mm-hmm. of hers, her new memoir. What right. left unsaid is out mm-hmm. this week. So whether she believes that or right. not, I mean, did, she, did she make the point that the bail reform, which has helped destroy this city and up crime in a huge way, that Cuomo was the architect of that? Did she make that point? Uh, she's not in there. She right. Did, not, did she no. make the point that 18,000 innocent people are dead because of his policies? Did she make that point? She did not, know. Mm-hmm. Okay. So maybe time. Maybe but the now. time is right for him to it come is. back and leave. Right. It's, it's ripe. Yeah. <laughs> Morons. It's unbelievable. Again, she has a book out. So yeah. yeah. Don't w- read it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't buy it. Don't read it. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for.